when you open yourself up to everything that you truly desire, the desire that's within you will magnetize all that you require in the seen and the unseen world. Welcome to the Free to Be Show. My name is Cordelia Gaffar. I'm the CEO of Workout Around My Day and the Ultimate Joy Goddess. I guide highly intelligent women to be aligned in their four minds and become multi-orgasmic through 90-day embodiment experiences and intensive embodiment experiences as well as one-on-one -on -one intensive experiences. Allow yourself to be free. Sex or hip surgery, it's your choice. Welcome to the Free to Be Show. In the month of January, we started in a conversation with Melinda Whitstock, right? speaking about beginning within and the importance of that. And then the next week with Omozwa, we spoke about the importance of giving yourself permission to be free to be. And then last week with Eva Arasini, we spoke about the power of reinventing yourself. And through all the conversations, you know, you can see that embodiment is the truth and the light. And it's really what is the glue for all the things that we have discussed this month on the Free to Be show. And so, you know, in this episode today, my aim is to put the puzzle pieces together for us to integrate and implement some new practices in our life with observable evidence that embodiment is the truth and the light. I'll come back to the bit about sex or hip surgery as I wrap up at the end, but let's get into it. So this week has been a very insightful and powerful week for me. I've been in meetings with light workers, business owners, CEOs, and regular women. And the conversations have been, they, they have a new depth, I'm noticing. Um, at least the people that I'm attracting into conversation, the people that my life force is um, calling in, and so in these conversations, I'm witnessing a new tone 
And uh, that is, you know, women no longer are looking for outside validation. They're rather acknowledging the elements within. And that's what embodiment is about. Um, In my discipline of the four mind alignment, this is something that I created for my own personal coping, right? And these are tools and practices that I have um, embodied over a period of years and created uh, a way to align my inner world and have me on a straight path, as I call it. And um, I'm not going to get into the details of that. Of course, you know, if you want to know more about the four mind alignment and how the practices and tools can make your life easier, um, you know, that opportunity is always available to you simply by uh, joining my embodiment club or private coaching with me. And you can always reach out to me via email. Um, hello at CordeliaGafar.com does get to me. And if we're connected on LinkedIn, that's another way that you can send me a DM. And um, and then, of course, there's you can always just schedule a call. So um, that's not really the purpose of our conversation today, though. When you get to the awareness that you require an inner alignment and your body is speaking to you, right? Um, The way one of my clients explained it to me, she said that it's like a whole body shake or shiver towards no and you know she she said that her body kind of moves and then her mouth just says no and her face is at ease the muscles in her face you know how perhaps when you are apprehensive about speaking up for what you really require and what will really support your heart your mind and your soul and you get nervous about it right you have this fear. You may feel like a little queasy in your stomach or shaky in your knees, or maybe your brain just is uh, over-processing, right? You feel steam coming out of your head. And when you are in the practice of embodiment, your body is at ease like a calm lake, lake, you know? I was going to say ocean, but of course the ocean is rarely calm. But like a calm lake. And your face doesn't have to overperform for acceptance. 
that means there's no smile. There's, you know, not any particular kind of eye contact, just a very, you know, matter of fact uh, look on your face and uh, the words no coming out of your mouth and that's it. And that is all that's ever required. And it appears that your words are coming with no emotion. And in fact, in order to get to that point, you would have processed so many emotions. You would have been in touch with the frequency and the nuances of the different levels of those emotions as well. Um, in my embodiment group, you know, one of the things they've said in the past is that it's like um, sacred rage, right? We we talk we've talked about sacred rage here and there, and <clears throat> sacred rage is just the understanding that you know your anger has a purpose. And the nuance of anger that women collectively feel is rage. You feel the depth of that. You like that word. It's so raw and, you know, it has a bit of vulnerability to it, but it's a kind of discerning vulnerability that has the backing of God and the oneness and all that is. So that's what makes it sacred. And when we listen to that, then we are in our full knowing. And that's when we can have our matter of fact, no. With the full body agreement, completely on the straight path and for mind alignment. And so... Let's talk about what's happening on the inner world. You see, <clears throat> when you begin within, you start at your lotus first, which is the first mind and the the um, I call it the. Um, bridge between worlds, you know? So the bridge between the spiritual world and the physical world is the lotus verse. That's the portal. And when you are with that portal, you're in the recognition of your emotions. You're in the recognitions of the sensations of your feelings and nerve endings and muscles and the muscle memory that requires recalibration because it's releasing the conditioning. It's releasing the projections, the stories that have been told that you must believe in order to exist as a woman in this world. And... And when you 
awaken to this embodied awareness through this portal of recognition of your emotions and the wisdom that they give you, right? We've been told, don't feel your emotions, don't act on your emotions, don't fully express your emotions. And yet, it is the one thing that will save your life, save your soul, and keep you healthy in this world. And when you come to that understanding, you can give yourself the permission to be free to be, which literally means that you give yourself a passport to exist. You know, here's your passport. You are free to go anywhere in this universe, in this multiverse that you want to and exist in your full expression. Just breathe that in. That's what I'm hearing in every conversation. There, the, the language changes of the people I speak with, the women I speak with, right? It goes from, you know, when we're in the shallow spiritual understanding, we're like, oh, I get to this and I get to that. And before we allow ourselves into the depth, we switch back into victimhood where I have to this and I have to that and they want me to, right? You hear the difference? I hear the difference in the tone. I see the difference in the body language and the look in their faces. And none of that's true. In fact, you can go to your depth. You can. And when you do that, Leaning into the truth and the depth of what Omozua was saying about the way the brain works and telling it, you have the permission to be free to be. Then you get to experiment. (laughs) You know, you'll see me often post and write about and say, that life is an experiment. It is. We get to be in these bodies for a couple of decades. We fool ourselves into thinking that it's forever. Even I've said, I'm going to live to be 200 years old. I don't know how many years I get in this body. And we make this life mean something that it's not meant to mean. But if we play with it, right, and we practice in this embodiment, we get to reinvent ourselves. And in that reinvention, we de-layer and shed projections. We release the toxins of the status quo. We release what, quote-unquote, they tell us, right? And let's name things. What are those things, right? Well, 
I've said it here before on the Free to Be show. The patriarchy, that's the thing. That's the thing. And, um, you know, but I'm going to introduce a new vocabulary word today. Um, one that I've been very lightly researching and reflecting on. And I came upon this word um, called noir, which is misogyny directed at black women specifically. And as I thought about this and I thought about experimentation and reinvention, I thought to myself, you see, there's, there's two things, you know, if I connect the dots between the conversations I've been having um, and the things the women in my group say, the things some of my clients have said, and some personal experiences, if we choose to take on the burden of these projections, right, as black women, and we receive the weight of their misogyny, of the patriarchy's misogyny, we um, there 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 are chemical imbalances that present in the body, and you know, as a holistic healer, I understand that these imbalances show up as high blood pressure in black women. Um, and self-medicating, self-medicating in the forms of retail therapy, um, overeating, drinking alcohol, um, overworking, overachieving. You know, some I say that I work with highly intelligent women, and some of these women have up to five advanced degrees. How many of you who are listening have five advanced degrees? What human requires that amount of decoration or validation of their intellect? I mean, there's a possibility that they just love to learn. And I get that. I love to learn too. But on the recommendation of my father, who had a PhD in philosophy and an advanced degree in law, had an LLM and a JD in law from the University of Chicago, um, he said, don't get anything beyond a bachelor's degree because after that, you just have to be in the agreement of the bureaucracy in order to be validated. Okay? And he got his degrees in 1932. And yes, my dad is black. So I don't feel the need to get advanced degrees in anything. I'm very well read. I read everything about everything that I want, and then I read the bibliography of the books that I read. So I don't know how many books I've read because I don't really care. 
because I don't need to tell, you know, I don't, I don't want to validate to anybody I've read 3,000 books or whatever. I don't know. I have no idea. I got a lot of books. I've broken a lot of bookcases in my house with all the books that I have because I thought that, oh, I'll just put one more on that shelf. And I have a lot of books packed up because I'm, you know, um, I, I don't need access to all of them all the time. And I'm saying all that just to really um, bring to light that you can love learning and learn as much as you want without getting advanced degrees. And it's permitted, right? We hear it all the time, right? Everybody on social media, all you have to do is read books and read these books. There's a, there's a reading list that entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs are encouraged to read, right? And, um, and it's okay for everybody who's not a black woman. And so... My validation is going within. See how deep I can get within the wealth of who I am. How much release and recalibration can I do of my nervous system and my muscle system, my muscle memory of the infractions on my soul just for being a black woman and transcend my slave mind. We all have slave minds, in fact. The fact that we believe one thing about a group of people over another group of people means that we're enslaved. We're not free. That's why I have this podcast called The Free to Be Show. We're all slaves. We're all imprisoned in one way or the other. Whether we think that we're elite (laughs) or of high value, that's the most hilarious term I've ever heard. I, the last time I checked, all humans have a body and inside the body, they have the same organs, the same 309 joints they have blood and uh, oxygen and, you know, minerals and vitamins and whatever else is inside of a human body. And the value of one human body over another is made up in the mind. While we're talking about our minds. And so... There is no such thing as a high-value man or a high-value woman or a low-value man or a low-value woman. These terms are mostly used when it comes to black women, as far as I'm aware. I don't know that they're, you know, because there are, there is misogyny that is pretty global, But, you know, let's recognize 
that of all women. We, we see it when it comes to pay. We see it when it comes to opportunity. We see it when it comes to gatekeeping. You know, <laughs> sometimes we'll be part of communities. We may even appear to be leaders in communities and the gates will be closed just to us. And then we'll be told that it's the way we're being. And as far as I'm aware, I am probably the most open human being and the most, I mean, I, I, I have rarely had any, um, you know, conflicts because for many, many years I fawned, right? I just went along and, and, and worked hard and, and that's what's expected of black women. We have to, uh, we're strong black women, so we can take more pain, endure more than any other woman. And again, all humans actually are the same. And if you perceive women to be physically weak, then, you know, no matter the color of her skin, all women have you know, limitations, and all men have limitations. Of course, categorically different, because men's bodies are the same, and women's bodies are the same, no matter what color they are on the outside. There is really, if you want to categorize people, again, I have studied Islamic medicine, and in Islamic medicine, there's four body types. And the categories are choleric, sanguine, melancholic, and phlegmatic, right? So those are the categories. None of those categories, well, I guess they do talk about complexion, but we're talking as far as the tone of the skin, but not whether or not someone is black or white. Um... And so let's connect all these dots and, and understand why I selected sex or hip surgery. It's your choice as the title here. <laughs> so you see, with all the weight of the world on women, right? Specifically in this case, black women, they're are some judgments that we just can't shake because it's not okay for black women to want to have sex, to have sex, to have pleasurable sex, or to talk about sex. I have been shunned <laughs> and um, judged for shifting my business from purely focusing on what's safe, which is encouraging women to have sustainable practices of self-nurturing to shifting into making sure that women normalize great sex resulting in them being multi-orgasmic because that's dangerous because the truth is sex will save you thousands of dollars in hip surgery 
if you're a well-oiled machine and you're connected to the divine, right? Well-oiled machine means that you're having great, delicious sex with a partner that loves you and protects you and takes good care of you inside and out. (laughs) We're talking about money too here. Then you will have a divine flow and live in a world where you believe in and see the physical evidence of abundance. And so being multi-orgasmic is that and actually having not just one, but multiple orgasms every single time you have intercourse with your soulmate who loves and protects you dearly. And when you have that, you no longer need to have hip surgery because your hips will work. (laughs) And in Tantra, I learned that each element is associated with a different type of hip movement. Actually, before I even went to Tantra school, I studied belly dancing during my fifth pregnancy. And at that time, it was called belly dancing for birth. And Maha Al Musa has now renamed it embodied birth. Um, beautiful name, right? Embodied birth. There are different hip movements that strengthen the pelvic floor and the pelvic muscles in preparation for birth and once the baby's born I mean they'll actually it helps you through delivery you know you do know that I had four of my children at home home births attended home births and um, so these belly dancing helps in facilitating pushing that child out, this portal between worlds. And in the moment of delivery, you are in touch with the oneness as the child comes forth out of your vagina. (laughs) And, um, And then after the baby's born and after the afterbirth comes out, you can even use this practice of embodied birth through belly dancing to deliver the placenta, right? The afterbirth. You can, again, continue this practice to strengthen your pelvic core postpart- in the postpartum period so that your hips are aligned and you don't require hip surgery and the healing inside your vagina and your cervix and your uterus is seamless because you're in perfect alignment in closing the gate in this portal between worlds and the sacred method that's been known for centuries to women who are actually the strongest, right? All women are the strongest 
of humans because of their connection to the oneness and this portal between worlds. And so you can release judgment and shame that the patriarchy will have you embrace regarding sex. Or you can disregard every single thing you've heard me say these past 30 minutes. (laughs) And you may have hip surgery when you're in your advanced age, 60, 70, maybe before that, or knee surgery, right? Our knees, when we're weak in the knees, that means that we've given up and we've let ourselves go to fear. And when our hips are replaced, that means that we just don't feel supported or loved. And um, we've given up the fight. And it's your choice. But sex is the most, or let me not call it sex. The proper name for it is intercourse, right? Because we intercourses with our divine soulmate. And there should, there, there is an opportunity for that to be one person. Because through that divine interconnection of souls in your courses, right? That's what intercourse means. Um, There's an alignment, there's an understanding and reciprocity and deep love there. And once we embrace this deep love and reciprocity and divine connection, and understand that's the only purpose of intercourse, not to procreate, not for pleasure, although it can be pleasurable, right? Because we're in bodies, and so the body experiences pleasure. But without bodies, we still have intercourse because we're souls, and that's the whole purpose of intercourse is for our souls to connect. So once we get to a place where we stop weaponizing sex, that means we don't rape women in war. And that's happening in a few places in the world. And we don't rape men in war or outside of war just for purposes of control. And that's happening a few places in the world. And we don't molest children, right? These are forms of weaponizing sex. Once we let go of that, and then and we don't make profit from sex, right? They're, they're, I'm talking about pornography. I'm talking about sex trafficking. I'm talking about strip clubs. When we stop using sex as a weapon, there'll be no shame attra- attached to it because it only ever had one purpose. God created intercourse for the purpose of two souls to connect to each other and ultimately with her (laughs) or him, 
However, you know, because God actually doesn't have a gender. Um, and that is the true purpose of sex. And once human beings can get to that level of understanding and that depth within and that alignment in the four minds, there will be no massage noir or any other kind of misogyny because we'll get it. And then we can live fully expressed and transcend this enslavement that we have. We will all transcend our slave minds And being having a slave mind hasn't to do with the color of your skin, but it actually has to do with the inner workings of your mind. And I invite you to go back to permission to be free to be my conversation with Amozwa, and uh, and understand how your mind works and how you can transcend that. And um, My invitation is to listen to this a couple of times, take notes, and reflect on who you're being, and share this with some other people, share this with another soul, and if you have issue or questions about anything I've shared, please connect with me by sending me an email. I love to read your emails. Hello at CordeliaGafar.com. And until next week, be free. Thank you for listening to the Free to Be Show. And now, allow yourself to go into the oceans of your mind and go within and offer yourself the opportunity to be a sacred experience. A sacred experience is just simply allowing yourself to start fantasizing. What would it feel like to truly be free to be in the way that you were created, in the way that you show up, in everything you do, in every way you be. Fantasize how you can truly be free. And connect with me at CordeliaGafar.com.